Waiting is hard. This time of year always seems to be characterized by waiting, but this year in particular seems to have a whole lot of it. We are in the season of Advent, of which the very definition includes the notion of waiting. We find ourselves waiting for the little things like packages to arrive in the mail or waiting in line at the store to buy Christmas presents, food, or the all-important toilet paper. Sometimes the waiting is a little more serious. Perhaps we're waiting for test results or COVID tests, or we're waiting for friends or family to get out of quarantine so that we can see them again. Or maybe we're simply waiting until we can worship together again without masks or social distancing. Perhaps we're simply waiting to be able to shake hands and hug again. Sometimes the waiting is fun, like when we wait to see what's under the Christmas tree. Sometimes the waiting is much more unbearable, like when we are waiting for someone, anyone, to show that they care about us. Waiting is hard, especially when we feel like we're alone in the waiting. When I was a kid around 10 years old, I had a really bad case of pneumonia. I ended up in the hospital for five days, and when I got out, I had to stay at home for a couple of months. Anytime I left the house, I had to wear a mask or covering over my nose and mouth to help keep the cold air from getting into my lungs. Now, don't get me wrong, it was nice not to have to go to school for two months, but I was essentially waiting around in the house doing nothing. I was bored, frustrated, and a little angry for having to wait so long to get back to my life. Waiting for that was awful. The boredom was so great during that time that I got addicted to watching soap operas and eating cough drops. Weird, I know, but it's what I had. Waiting is hard. God's people were no strangers to waiting. Abraham waited years for Isaac. Israel waited for 400 years in captivity to Egypt before being set free, and then had to wait another 40 years while wandering in the wilderness before, heal, or before heading to the promised land. David waited approximately 15 years between the time he was anointed king and when he actually sat on the throne of Israel. During their exile in Babylon, God's people waited 70 years before they were allowed to return home. And during the intertestamental period, the time that takes place between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people waited approximately 400 years for the Messiah to come. And it's this idea of waiting that brings us to our continued study of the songs of Christmas as we look at the prophecy of Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. Please turn with me as I read. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, the, uh, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is God's word to us. Simeon was a man who was familiar with waiting. He had been waiting his whole life to see Israel redeemed, to see the Messiah come and deliver his people from oppression. Simeon understood what it was to need to be patient in the midst of waiting. He knew what it was to wait for something and not have any idea when or if it would come to pass. He had no idea that he was going to meet, going to see the Messiah in his lifetime. That is, until the Holy Spirit came upon him to tell him that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. Now, we have no idea how long Simeon had to wait knowing he would see the Messiah before he died. Luke doesn't give us that information, but what we do know is that at some point in time, while Simeon was waiting for the liberation of Israel, God sent the Holy Spirit to tell him he would one day get to see the Messiah. And as we continue to see, God was faithful to his promise. Simeon moved from being a faithful waiter to living in the reality of God's promise to him. God's promise came true, and Simeon, led by the Holy Spirit, went to the temple where Mary and Joseph were consecrating the baby Jesus as was required by the law. And it was there that all the waiting was rewarded. Simeon got to see the Messiah. He got to see and experience God made flesh in Mary's baby. Now when the promise was fulfilled and the waiting was over, two things occurred on Simeon's part. First, he praised God. He showed a heart full of gratitude for God's faithfulness. And then Simeon served God by being the conduit of a prophecy from the Holy Spirit. Not only was Simeon able to hold the Messiah, he found himself praising God for the fulfillment of his promise to allow Simeon to see the Messiah. And in that moment, he was able to share his gratitude. His thanksgiving for God's faithfulness while he waited was evident. He was thankful that salvation was at hand for his people, but also for the whole world. He understood that salvation offered through Jesus wasn't just for the nation of Israel. It was equally for salvation for the Gentiles as well. Simeon could have been jealous or upset at the notion that God would endeavor to save those outside of Israel, but instead he was grateful for all of those that would be saved. After his praise, Simeon moves into blessing this brand new family through prophecy. However, this was a prophecy that would have been hard to hear, particularly for Mary. Last week, we looked at a beautiful picture painted by Zechariah, describing the birth of Jesus as God's sunrise breaking into the darkness. It's a wonderful image full of hope and excitement. But Simeon's prophecy has a bit of a darker tone about it. 
we see here that not everyone is going to accept who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Though there is certainly a hopeful tone in the idea that many will rise, it is disheartening to hear that there will be many who will not accept what God has to offer. So Simeon's prophecy starts off bittersweet. We have many who will come to accept the Messiah, but there are still many who will not. After that, the prophecy turns darker still as Simeon tells Mary that there is suffering and grief ahead for her. He isn't specific about what will happen, but you and I know that Mary's son is going to be led to the cross, that he will suffer and he will die while she has to watch this from afar. We know how this story plays out, but those in the story are still waiting to see how it will transpire. And so they wait. And so as Simeon's waiting has drawn to a close, the cycle of waiting continues. The waiting for Jesus to grow and step into his role as Messiah is still 30 years away. Mary must wait knowing that grief is somewhere in her future, and she must also wait to see how this is all going to play out. And again, the cycle of waiting continues. We are always in a state of waiting for something. Sometimes the wait is harder than others. Sometimes the end of the wait brings great joy like it did for Simeon. Sometimes the wait ends in tragedy like it did for Mary when a sword pierced her soul, when she saw her son hanging on that cross. The result may not always be the same, but waiting is the constant. But there is hope that one day all the waiting, all of the trying times, all of that hoping will disappear into the loving arms of our, our, our Savior, just as they did for Simeon. One day we will stand before him rewarded for our waiting with the promise of wholeness in the presence of God. And that is what Advent reminds us of, that even though we may be in the season of waiting, one day, like it did for Simeon, the waiting will turn into God's promise fulfilled. It will turn into it will turn into us in it will turn into us in his presence, and we will wait no more. Which leads me to our take-home point. Waiting can be difficult, but there will come a time when our waiting is over. And our action point is this. Whatever you may be waiting for today, take it to God in prayer. Ask these four things. Number one, that God grants the strength and endurance to wait. Number two, ask that you can experience the presence of God as you wait. Number three, ask that he would grant you peace as you wait. And number four, Ask that God would help you trust him as you wait. Whatever you may be waiting on today, take heart for the waiting is only temporary. It may take days, months, years, or even decades for the waiting to be over. But one day it will be. The waiting is only ever temporary. And as we wait, let us be reminded 
that Jesus is God with us in the waiting and that we are never going to wait alone.